You are listening to Is There an Echo in Here? A podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. Hello. Okay, wait. All right, I'm waiting. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. It's so, great to be here. Yeah. Oh, you're not talking to me. <laughs> I kind of am. I'm kind of talking to you. It kind of feels that way. I know cuz we have we haven't recorded in a while. And uh but but we have this like backlog of like episodes we're putting it's out. It's been months. I know. Really, it was since we hung up with Will. <laughs> we hung up with Will. <laughs> I think that a lot of this episode was recorded a year ago. Because we're all talking about, like, we'll mention the pandemic and, you know, they've the officials have decided. It's if, something we live with. If we live with, that's, yeah. That's our a, new roommate. Yeah. So, you know, it's an old episode. You don't remember, I'm sure, anything. This is an old episode <laughs> that's also new. It's new to you. Mm-hmm. And greetings to you. Thank you. Um, this is indeed a podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen, the band. Okay, the that's four lads from Liverpool. That's what it's all about. Okay, and it's a podcast where basically I rein in my my partner here, Shane. Ew. I wrangle him. That's the Hello. word. I wrangle him. <laughs> From his studio, mm. where he is busily doing something, working else. on some project <laughs> really hard, really kind of like breathlessly and desperately working mm. on a project in a way yeah. while fighting some tooth and sinus infections. But my health has taken a turn. I don't know. I mean, it's you look mi- pretty good to no, me. No, it's a series of mild. But you complain a lot. <laughs> um, but you have a lot to do. That much is clear. Yeah, And so what I traditionally do at the top of each episode, before I bring in here and talk about Echo and the Bunnymen, yeah. I like to ask you, what were you doing prior to that? I'm going to get my pedal board set back up. It's been in a, in a duffel bag for since my last gig. And that's just one of many things you have to do right now. Yeah, yeah. Because the reason I'm getting that set up is because I am preparing for... My first tour in a long time. Okay, dude, talk, let's talk about this. Let's have our, we don't have ads, but we're going to tell you this because it, it's sort of... In the United States, in the eastern United States, east coast and Midwest a little bit. But uh, to yeah, play actually play music from the album that I recorded called Liverpool, which is All an right. album of sea shanties, uh-huh. which I rearranged for experimental electric guitar. And uh, and I'm gonna take that on the road, and that all started really from an episode we did about sea shanties. Totally, like seven years, like four years ago, or whenever that was, episode two or something. Okay, everybody, do y'all hear this? It's because of Echo and the Bunny Man. It's because of it's because of Echo and the Bunny Man. Okay, Shane just called called his album. He he didn't hardly know who they were, you know. 
few and then i was ago. like and maybe they're inspired by sea shanties of course the, yeah and yes and you know you can listen you if you're listening yeah. now you probably heard go back and listen shanty. to that sea shanty episode yep but I will say this. This is kind of interesting in Liverpool news. Oh, yeah, this, that's I'm putting right. out an album called Liverpool. And I get an email from a uh, BBC radio uh, producer in Liverpool that does the popular radio show on BBC on Friday nights at 9 p.m. apparently asking mm-hmm. for a copy of the album because he heard... Um, oh, he's a fan of my band, the Luchatistas, but he heard about my math rock band. It's called the Luchatistas, and this guy is like into it. And then he listened to some podcast about like some arty podcast. guitar it's music. It's our friend's podcast. My, our friends in okay. New York. Who who <laughs> is okay? What's the name of the podcast? I was mentioned in a episode of a podcast called Flavor Tone by Alex Sturgis Flavor and Nick Scavo. That's all about experimental music, but they did an episode about guitar. But they pick a topic. It's about experimental music, yeah. and then they dive into some theoretical aspect or some genre, subgenre or something. You know, they have. Yeah. But and they're and they're coming from a very, um, you know, f- theoretical, educated. Per, yeah, you know, more like academic <laughs> theoretical perspective. But anyway, so they were like talking about guitar players that are significant, and I came up. I don't know, you know, and. <laughs> So Alec anyway. was also our roommate, and he lived with us. And I just want to say he's so smart. Remember when we dragged him on to the Pete DeFrida's episode that we haven't released yet? Yeah, and he, he and we none of us, the three of us, none of us knew where Jamaica was. No, it was Trinidad. Also, Jamaica. We but but we <laughs> we're so dumb. We're so so. He's smart. Okay. <laughs> But it but it was kind of interesting. I was like, man, he's smart. Even he don't know yeah. where Jamaica is. They're th- they're like a generation or two younger than us. Yeah, these guys. Yes, and so the they're like smarter. thirty. We're forty four. Yeah, just to put it in context here. So like, these well, the young whippersnappers, like 60, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and these whippersnappers, yeah, put out this box. So somehow, the the person from BBC was listening to their podcast, heard you mention, and now and what's happening now? They're going to play your music. Well, what happened was he uh, was then checked out my website and noticed that I had an album coming out called, called Liverpool, Liverpool. And it was full of sea shanty music. And and so he asked to hear it because they want to play it in, you know, in Liverpool. Uh, in Liverpool. Yeah. On Friday night at 9 o'clock on the popular radio show, which is kind of funny. Like pop. So, yeah. It'd be really funny. I don't know if it'll happen because this is a pretty small run release, but it'd be funny <laughs> if there was some like weird spike in sales that just like... From Liverpool? Or I mean, that'd be cool, but or anywhere. But that would <laughs> that would be neat. You know, some niche market. Liverpudlins buy the record. If they bought a thousand Bunnyman records, fans, yeah. it would like overwhelm the label. Okay, <laughs> so, and I will say this. This this album is, if you're a listener, it's right up your alley. I gotta be totally honest like it's because sometimes shane makes things some of the some of the stuff i like better than others you know you've heard our podcast you know that yeah i we, listen uh, i do a lot of weird stuff but this yeah. is like uh for, this, this is for everyone it's for everyone and it's it's been compared to it's been compared it's a little for, it's for the yeah the it's a bunny men adjacent album yeah that's right well it was, it was going to be yeah. acoustic so but it's not so but uh it was uh yeah. The so come see me on fans. tour. Buy my record. That's the bottom line here. <laughs> Give send the money. Get the music. Listen, some of the podcasts you listen to, they'll have a long, like they'll have like a big bra commercial. I like sent that. the album to Will, but he didn't. <laughs> he was he, like, he didn't have. He didn't write yeah, back thanks. I, you know what's yeah. gonna happen? I thought I had this fantasy though that Will 
I'm sure he's just, I mean, he's a million e- emails, that, you know, he's on tour. Oh. He's got, I don't take offense. When, when people don't respond, you just, I assume the best. That's a, that's free advice. If someone doesn't respond to your emails, assume the best. It's not because they hate you or don't care about your thing. They're just busy. Anyway, so, but I had this notion that would it be funny if Will heard it on like this radio show in Liverpool? <laughs> What if he heard it? What if he heard Probably it? Probably won't register at all. He doesn't even remember my name. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little blip in the... But you know, to us, it's like this treasured memory. I just feel so lucky that in our last episode, we were able to talk to the guy. And as promised, we are going to have another portion of that uh, interview that we are going to air with this one. Um, having to do with a very spooky, this is my favorite, this episode, guys, this is a good one, okay? It's kind of short, so we're going to, we're rambling a little at the top, because, listen, you, (laughs) listen, get ready just to be scared, okay? Just make sure you've got some lights on, okay? Maybe you want to listen to this in the daytime, okay? Some wild stuff happens. Just pay attention. It's coming at the end. Yes. Before that, though, what we have going on tonight. Tell me. Well, do you remember when? Because I don't know. (laughs) Remember all those things. Michael Nelson. Yes. Friend of the podcast. Yes. We are finally going to read the excerpt from one of his letters. I mean, this is the first of many, but. The letter that he read. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to be 100 years old by the time we get through all the stuff. <laughs> so um, then what do we do in this thing? I just listened to it for the first time the other day. It's like we're going to talk about their first single being recorded and released. Mm. Okay? Yes. And then... Monkeys. There's a there's a monkey's moment that's gonna come up, okay? Mm. But we're mostly we're gonna be talking about you know their first big single, which is pictures we, on my wall. Okay, yeah. Which you will, yeah, you will dis- ding ding ding. I win a prize. <laughs> well, you will dis- you will discover that in this episode, um, we have recorded the moment you learned that that was their first single. We're going to listen to their first single. We're going to kind of... Like a time traveler. We're going to talk a little bit about Lori and the Chameleons, okay? That's Bill Drummond and, Mm. you know, his friend. that's cool. And so we're going to talk about that for a second. And then we're just going to kind of launch into um, a discussion of Voodoo Billy, quite frankly. All right? But here's the thing, y'all. The Bunnymen are back on the road mm. after all these many, many years, right? It's not just months. It's been a few years. So sure. the Instagram has just been a buzz. Um, they just played the other night. Let's look at their tour date, Shane. Okay. Okay. This is still an intro. Yeah, we're giving their news. They have oh. news. For, we, you know. Okay. Remember when they used to have news and we would do it? Oh yeah. The now there's I, news again. <laughs> no. So look, we got celebrating 40 years. I mean, it's more than that now. Um, so we got. We just had a show in Sheffield. Hmm. Um, there, uh, Leeds. 
Okay, and so in Leeds, in that show, I believe it was, um, Ian had to end the show early because he did not feel well. But he feels better now, thankfully. And they're going to continue with the, the schedule as planned. But it's hard to get out there for the first time in so long, and it's cold out, and like... I, I think mean, they're can, I think they're they're in pretty posh uh, circumstances, but I'm imagining them cold. Yeah, they're, they're pro- cold and shivering. They, they live there though. But they, backstage, they, it's drafty. These guys like they don't, you know what I mean? Like they are senior. Like let's not like have. Uh, Will posted pictures of his uh, of like riding on a train. Oh, he has. Yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, see those. I think that's on his Twitter, maybe though. Oh, it's like the train ride to the gig. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I just hope that, I hope they're comfortable. Now, he's going to be playing on Saturday, February 5th, this Saturday, at Cardiff St. Davis Hall. Then they're going to go to London, all right? You can look it up yourself, but let's see, anywhere near me? No, nowhere in the States yet, okay? I am just waiting with bated breath to drive the eight ten hours <laughs> to go see them wherever they, they may should be, be in atlanta they're gonna like come an to hour atlanta, and i know and and then i'll be there i mean i'll be there early you know i bet we can't go backstage though and and i got a message from a bunnyman liaison <laughs> that i wanted to read to you okay it said okay guys are you on facebook want to send you free access code even though it's just a dollar for the live stream on the 14th. Oh, I get it now. I get it now, too. Before. <laughs> I was like, it's just a do- taking off. And, I thought they were giving us a dollar, a dollar discount. And I'm like, I mean, I appreciate it, but I don't mind. You know, I'll pay that dollar. Okay, because they're saying that it only costs a dollar, but we get to go free. We'll pay that dollar. That is very kind. Um, <laughs> we thought the other day. I was like, wow, they're just knocking a dollar off. <laughs> After all we've done for them. No. no, they're giving this concert. So, yeah. so they are going to do a live stream on the fourteenth. We know how February? we're spending Valentine's oh, of February. Okay, right. so let's see if we get this episode out before then. I think. Look what I wrote back. See, I don't really think when I'm writing. I, I don't mess with Facebook. I replied. Well, anyway, I mean, I said other things. I said thank you also. <laughs> I don't <laughs> mess with Facebook, <laughs> motherfucker. You keep your dollar. Um, you take your dollar and shove it. <laughs> Anyway, well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, you're welcome. Was there... <laughs> what? So... There's one thing I have to address, and that is... You have something to say? Well, one thing we needed to talk about was um, since the, our Will episode was released... Yeah. Uh, oh! People... Uh, we've received some correspondences from listeners, but two of... Two different people on two different parts of the country, two different walks of life. <laughs> they don't know each other. They don't know each other, but they both listen to the podcast and are lifelong Bunnyman fans. And they both asked me, or asked us, me. They asked if, you. <laughs> asked me what I actually think of Will's guitar playing. Yes. And that's a strange question. And I thought, why are these people asking me that? Yeah. Because I get it. I know I'm... This is a very, a, you know, accomplished guitar player, <laughs> you know, and 
And, you know, I mean, uh, but I'm not a snob. And uh, He has that blue oyster cult tattoo i mean i'm i'm uh also i'm, I'm just like i'm not uh i'm not like a jazz snob or like a, no you're not you're or like pretty... a, like like i'm not really like impressed by technical feats as much as i am by emotional content and originality and will right. captures all that you know will yeah. is an artist who dives deep within yes um and uh and and really crafts the sound and he's an intuitive player as he as he says it right he rocks he shreds love it love it and here's the other thing like this is just what shane sounds like when he's excited this is how i talk when i'm excited because i tell you that's the thing too is like we are so comfortable on this podcast because we have you know we've been living together for 20 three years yeah so we forget and we it's still hard to believe that anyone's listening so you know we're not gonna we probably sound like shadier than we are you know because we're just lounging around oh yeah we're just however know that shane has like like walked into a room with like a look in his eye and be like god he's a good guitar player like shane loves will Sargent. i love will Sargent. so you two people who wrote Todd and Dolphus and asked what if what I really think about Will's guitars. Guitar he really playing. does. I love it. He I really love does. It. That's right. All right. Well we addressed that controversy. Yes. Big controversy. I know between our one two of our two five people listeners. wrote in and said, So Shane, do you really like Will's playing? Well let's talk about their live show. So let's talk remember we were, you were playing me some of their live stuff. I think you were listening to it on Facebook. Oh, some or of the Instagram. live stuff from their concerts that are going on yeah. right now? Yeah. Yeah. What about it? Let's listen to it. Okay. Like right now? Yeah. Oh. Because it's so good. They sound good. They didn't miss a beat since 2000, what, 18, 19. Here's some. But apparently this is a new song. It says, new song, Bunnyman, so good, Dublin. This is a new song. Wow. Take that, Robert Smith. All right. Okay, well. Nobody can hear that. Sounds really good. They're always good, man. That's a timeless melody right there. Yeah. Let's see, we got another one. Over the Wall. I show of strength sounded incredible. When we were this is also there. from the same show, I think. Oh well. Can they hear this one? Yeah, over the wall. Mm -hmm. And this is again. I didn't know they played this one live. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did they play it when we saw them? I. Where's my set list? I'm a lot more familiar with the. Uh, with the catalog now. Catalog I know. Because no that was kind of when I first when I saw them, it was kind of like. You didn't know how to. I didn't really know much. <laughs> A new uh, song called "The Killing Moon." Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I knew that I liked Villers Terrace a lot. You already but I knew heard that because I heard it once. I was like, "That's a good song." Yeah, but but I like them all now. That's true. What else we got? Here we go. But listen, I want to say that I love Ian's haircut. Let me see that thing. He looks good. He looks great. I uh, I need to take a closer look. Let me see it. See. 
Yeah, the the long bangs in front of. Hell yeah, man! That man's haircut <laughs> looks good. Wait. Uh, there we go. This is in London, the yes, roundhouse gig. That's right. He sounds great. He sounds. Oh. What is the secret? Yes. These are just concert, uh, you know, I've little clips that people are putting on. My heart is just like beating. This is, they're coming this way. I hope they're so. They're going to cross that ocean, man. It's not a, they the most do appealing place they could to do be. It. People yeah, are touring can. this shit up and down. Are you kidding me? I know, me? man. Is it time to do it already? I'm going to see Pat Metheny on Saturday. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> For any, the record. Any Pat Metheny fans out no, no, there? No, no, But straight Hi. up, let me just say, I'll say it here and I'll say it now and loud and proud. I am a much bigger fan of Will Sargent than I am of Pat Metheny. So there you go. Oh, damn. Yeah. Now, Pat Metheny knows a hell of a lot more damn. about music theory and can definitely shred inside and out and whatever. Oh, but yes. I like the sound that Will makes Will more. better than Pat Metheny. That's All it. Right? We're going to have a Will better than segment every okay. show. Okay. So Will Sargent versus Pat Metheny. Who wins? Will Sargent. Hell yeah! See, this is how we're gonna overtime. That's good. That's prove good. I'm thinking. The... I'm gonna. I'm trying to think now of who will beat Will. <laughs> but I'm gonna have some. I, I, I do. I, know. I, <laughs> I do. It's too. flooding my mind too. I'm like tick 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 tick. I'm like I'm thinking tick, this tick, person. Tick, this person. Johnny Marr. Oh, so Frank Zappa. Oh, did you just say Johnny Marr? Yeah, because I like Will playing better than Frank Zappa. Look, I have... Uh, no, no. Okay. Listen to me I know. Listen. I mean, that holds... It, it's just not comparable because this is like... That's like just like really technical like comedy music. And then Echo and the Bunnymen's like this like soulful thing. You can't really put them in the right. same category. No. So if I had to choose... If okay, I was like rating three. Will, if if there if this was a competition like a <laughs> musical competition, you know what I mean? Like, like the Olympics. Yeah, like the Olympics, or they do cla- they do classical it's guitar so competitions. I hate, it's stupid. Like, it's like it's like dance dance competitions. competitions. So dumb. Yeah, yes. art competitions. Okay. Well, I'm gonna start. To, you know, obviously there's like technical prowess and there's all this like comp- compositional sophistication things that Will maybe doesn't have obviously yeah. uh, but he doesn't need it when you're speaking from the soul and you're playing that music of echo and the bunnyman right 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 We're, but this is going to be one of those things where somebody grabs you and, and asks you what comes out of your mouth first this is like it's like a gut kind of reaction we're going to oh, do I'm, this every all right every what about episode. you I'll, can i do one to you yeah all right let me think Mm. Oh, don't do it. You know, Johnny Greenwood or Will Sargent. Oh, Will Sargent. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. That was easy. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Johnny, you know, as much as the next guy. <laughs> but, that. Yeah, you know, Will Sargent. <laughs> Damn. All right, all right, all right. We, let's just stop. Robert Smith. I, yeah, sure. <laughs> Robert Smith. Like, I can't. <laughs> Robert Smith as a guitar player, Shane really can't wrap his mind around that. I one. love it. He loves um, it, but he's just, I, it's like, just a very, f- it's a formless, like thing most of the time. Yeah, right? I'm like, I'm like, where's, where, 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 where does the riff begin and end? Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's we a, love it's it. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. I was thinking, like, I was listening to. It, I'm like, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna transcribe this. And I'm just like, where, like. <laughs> 
what is this? You know, it's like a giant vagina it's or just like meanders. some fog or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, just yeah. like what is it? I can't fake <laughs> it. I don't know where anything is. <laughs> yeah, but somehow, I mean, but it, but it has some power and it works. Well, it's fantastic. It's great. And he's got himself on the cover of Guitar Magazine when I was in high school. I mean, school. they'll put anybody on that if you're famous. I know. Now, I know that now. But yeah. as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize he was like this guitar genius too oh yeah know? totally i mean yeah when i was a kid i thought like pink floyd were like yes exactly the greatest musicians in the whole world ever <laughs> all of four of them no, no ever born no Mozart. better drummer than nick mason no who's <laughs> kind of like okay you know what i mean like totally. <laughs> he's no pete the freedom you know sure. <laughs> he's no you know Wow. Yeah. And just think of that little band. We kind of got off subject. That's all right. We're having a good time <laughs> here at the podcast. We're, this is what we do. You know, we get in here and George down here in Athens, Georgia. I feel like we, we have time it. to kill today, but I think we don't. I think we need to wrap up this episode. No, we need to have a good time, thing. though. People want like, oh, we have a good time. We, have, we all have a good time because this is a scary episode. This is the spooky one. Can't wait to listen to it. Um, it's pretty much we- done, huh? It's done. I mean, I'm just gonna. It's not. Do we already long. do the things? Do we already we like read all things? Do we do we already read all those things? This letter. Yes. Oh, this is a thing we already recorded. I was like, oh man, I got <laughs> I got to sit here and record that now. <laughs> Shit. But we already did it like a long time ago, <laughs> and I forgot. Because <laughs> we're in the yeah. intro, which we record after the episode's done and so and see i'm the editor i'm sitting here thinking, i organized like, the episode i was like oh boy don't we have to get into know. that <laughs> did we i already did see do the your Voodoo face kind of look tired did... <laughs> when i said that like did we, we already did Voodoo that? billy this is all over we already did the Voodoo billy? Yes. oh my god thank <laughs> god damn all right well and we have the next episode enjoy, and the next episode. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> I will too. It'll be like hearing it for the first time. Rusty Joker's Walker. Shaking up to say. The piece of wool plugs out. Okay, so Drummond's gonna come into their lives, and the first thing he's gonna do is get them to practice regularly. Okay. Okay, right. he's going to find them a place to practice. There you go. It's the home of a woman oh. named Gladys. Now, Gladys. Thank you. I'm <laughs> Gladys. Uh, Gladys Palmer. Okay. Okay. So, for one pound 50 a week, uh-huh. you could go in there, local bands could come into her house, set up in her basement, and she would provide. Tea and toast. Tea and toast. And okay. you can practice in her basement for dollar fifty a week. Yep. Man, money went far back in those days. It did. It did. $36 record. Yes. Inflation. $1.50 a week practice space. I mean, yeah. Capitalism is just, you know, accelerating and it's about to crumble. So that's, that's happening. Okay, and so now they're practicing. They got this badge. And now it's time to put out a record. Okay? Mm-hmm. Which song do you think they're going to choose from all the songs we've explored? So which song is Drummond going to want to put out? Yeah. Or they or whoever yeah, made the decision. Oh. I'm going to say I Bags of Yours. Huh. Okay. I don't really know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out <laughs> Is that there. your favorite 
Do you uh, think it's the most developed? What's the other one? Over the wall? No, pictures. The pictures on <laughs> my wall. <laughs> okay. Um, eye bags of yours. I know that one. Uh-huh. Happy Death Men. Happy okay. Death yeah, yeah. Men. What's the other one? Um, seeing your eyes. Read it in Oh, book. yeah, that one. Yeah. That's the hit of That's all those. Read it in books is the hit? I think so. Okay. Yeah. It's the B-side. Okay. Okay. It's pictures. The pictures on my wall. All right. We haven't heard this version of pictures, but we have heard many versions. Okay. And I know maybe... Didn't we do a whole episode about this song? (laughs) Yeah. And yet, somehow, this one, we've been... I've been saving it because it goes with this... uh, episode and we'll actually we'll be talking about it again when we talk about crocodiles as an album not maybe not as much but um all right (laughs) well we should consult with uh we received a letter about that episode yes this is the perfect time to bring in the letter from all those things because you know that's that's the beauty of getting to go back over this song that we're doing it again oh yeah now we because we were like oh how are we gonna you know, we got the letter after the episode was released. Right. We're like, what are we going to do now? You know, we're going to keep talking about the same things over and over again. I mean, that's what we do. <laughs> and so we're really happy to have all those things uh, contributing to this discussion. And I'm going to read to you what now, he says. All those things is like a supporter, kind of a contributor to the podcast and just an amazing guy. He's an artist who's been weathering the pandemic in New York for the past whatever 100 years so <laughs> this is from michael nelson he goes by all those things on the on the gram hello i had some thoughts when i was listening to the last podcast anyway here's some unsolicited ramblings we love them here's what he says about pictures on my wall he says i agree with your analysis on the last podcast but there are one or two things that i wanted to put out there as you are getting into crocodiles although There are a lot of themes running through crocodiles. Some themes that I hear are, one, the process of them becoming a band. Two, Ian struggling to find an identity. And three, the frustrating ups and downs of this process. They hint at it here and there and refer to themselves as people on a stage with something to prove. Pictures on my wall is, for me, one of those songs that are connected through these themes. Can you hear it? The sound of something changing. The new wave of music that they are a part of. People come, I count every one, faces burning, hearts beating, nowhere left for us to run. I imagine them on stage. They have the audience. Now they have to perform to be something. I had a handful of this. Talent and ideas, some chords. What did I do with it? And what did they do with it? Well... We should have. We should have got it right tonight. They came up short. As for the pictures on my wall, I always thought of them as Bowie and Iggy Pop. You know, the posters of your idols that you pin to the wall as a teen. And the merry-go-round is that same revolving machine that John Lennon is no longer riding on in watching the wheels. That doesn't explain everything, but just some thoughts on the lyrics. And to me, okay, I'm done reading Michael now. I just want to throw in there that when he said that, I was like, man, that is a good explanation of that song that we didn't even like touch or think of. That's totally 
awesome like like yeah you're just like yeah that makes a lot of sense the pictures are, are of his idols on the wall and we're like oh it's the picture of like your family's like swinging and we're looking at you know we're looking into these yep. like social movements and whatnot and then we, yeah but, we looked in like political figures but we did not think about the most important cult leaders themselves <laughs> yeah <laughs> right just like oh yeah all they're thinking about is their band and like how it relates to the, and, the and world. Bowie and Bowie and those that yeah, came before exactly, them. Exactly. Those. Music. Yeah. So we're trying the to. The real just, shit. Yeah. You know? So that's a, that's a good. That was, I felt like that was very insightful. Yeah. And I'm glad that. Uh, and, you know, I mean, totally. Like, I support that theory. When I look at the other songs, like he was quoting Do It Clean. Pride clearly is about finding that identity. Right. I was thinking too, Crocodiles, like the title of that. Like, you ever heard of that? Like, I'm up to my ass in crocodiles, or I'm up to my no. ears in crocodiles. No. I mean, it's just kind of like, because I'm, means like, I'm really stressed out, and there's a lot of, oh. like, you know, I got like, I got all these demands on me and stuff like that. I've never heard, that's interesting. I'm going to look that up. Well, this is a teaser. This is a little preview of what's going to come. One day we're going to talk about the their whole first album. album. Be- As you know, a whole, and then. <laughs> And then we'll do each song separately, and then... Uh, I mean, stars are stars. I mean, totally fits right in with the, that theory. I mean, it's definitely a theme. Thank Ooh. you, Michael, for your lovely letter. As always. Always great to hear from you. It, we always mm-hmm. enjoy your uh, feedback and feel happy when we know you heard our most recent episode. I know. I'm always waiting to know what he thought. <laughs> He's like I always wait. When he, once he gives the thumbs up, I'm like, okay, we did I know. It. <laughs> He, he, he'll come in the room and be like, he's like, all those is things. He's like the first like person the, that wrote us. He's one of the first people that wrote us. I think he is. He's our first episode or so. Yeah, he's like first the guardian episodes. angel of this podcast. And I mean, and again, just working in New York, just oh, riding a train in and out of work. Okay. So, anyway, to get back to it, yes, we are talking about pictures on my wall again okay but this is a different version everyone and we're just going to kind of touch on just the recording how it was received this is their first single yes this is not a version you hear very often i don't think it was anyone's favorite version as we'll get into but it is a version okay it's the first one we gotta it's do important. it let's do it okay all right Okay, they're going to go into uh, uh, August Studios in Liverpool. Okay. Local music studio, 1979. Okay. March of 1979. All right. Okay. It's going to be produced by none other than Balfi and Drummond. Okay. Operating as the Chameleons. Okay. That's their production team name? That's the name. When they mix an album and record it together and make it the sounds and stuff, they call themselves the Chameleons. So cool. I know. So is that like a production credit on that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's written there. I got, it's like, I wanted to say it earlier. I'm going to say it now because the Chameleons came up and uh, Hmm. I, because I was scrolling through like Twitter or something and like I came across a concert poster for like a festival and it might have been with the bunny men on it but it was like the chameleons were on it yeah they because they were a band but and and like Susie and the banshees and like it was like some kind of like five five band bill or something i mean there they all were yeah yeah so i want to pause here i want to pause here all right all right and talk about 
Lori and the Chameleons, okay? Yeah. Lori and the so the Chameleons, they had a band called Lori and the Chameleons, okay? This is Bill Drummond like and uh Bill Drummond and Lori. And but no, who's the other person? <clears throat> oh god. Who's the Chameleons? Don't fuck it's with Bill me, Drummond. man. Okay. I'm not fucking with you. Lori and the Chameleons. The Lonely Spy. Okay, yeah. That is weird <laughs> and uh, very intriguing. Like, I actually want to listen to like an album or something because there's like chimes on it. There's a lot. It's so bizarre. On. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the like, high pitch voice. Yeah. I mean, she. I guess she's like a teenager. And, <laughs> and like these like huge overdubs, but like, but it's like so. I don't know. Where this band came from, <laughs> I feel like you're springing them on me, but I think, uh, but I'm excited because it's just like, man, I love how much shit there is in the world, but that yeah, is some weird shit. Yeah, this is shit. Drum and Balfi. Yeah, I know. That's why they're the chameleons. <laughs> Drum and Balfi like producing Lori. Is that what's happening? I, yeah. I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole. No, that's, yeah, it's a good one uh -huh. to go down. I know. It's good to think about this song. Because you think about KLF. the kitchen sink. <laughs> production like yeah. throwing in the kitchen everything oh, including the yes. kitchen sink production that drummond the you know advocates in the the, the manual and right. then as you see presented in klf but also you see a lot on on bunnyman records you know like marimba you do like you i don't know, know if like he's a, sitting there being like now pick this up and this up and add this and you know but that ethos it's it's part of that that bunnyman cruise thing and they're arranging that, it's almost like exotica yeah. This music it sounds like it's from like Thailand or something. That's very interesting because their other song is like a tribute to Japan, I believe. Mm. But I can't find it on iTunes to purchase. Mm. So it's this one we're listening to, which I like. Yeah. Too. So it's like the Dust Brothers. Exactly. Or Flood. Yes. All right. They get this thing done and it is officially released on May 5th. 1979. Wow. That is Max's 20th birthday. Wow. Okay. They press 4,000 singles. Okay. Mm, whoa. Yeah. And they're back for 3,000 more the following week. Boom. What? Yep. And. How and, did they do that? Oh, and um, six weeks after it's released, it's single of the week on NME and Sounds. Did they have a, uh, what do you call those Publicist. people that come in? Publicists? Also, no, but they al didn't. Also, uh, like, I guess, I don't, I don't understand, I guess the, the distribution of that many records. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I thought that seemed like a lot too. I guess the stores picked them up. 
And then people... People, we used to buy records. Like, it was... Yeah, yeah, but the mail or something? I'm just trying to figure out, like... Where they, they sold a went. bunch in Liverpool, probably. But a few hundred. But they had to sell them outside of Liverpool. Right. Anyway, it's interesting to think about how... Because that's, that's a decent amount of records to sell. Yeah. Like, in one week, that's pretty... Yeah, that was the whole thing with the B-52s is like they, like Rock Lobster was released. And then I forget how many people bought it, but it was widely distributed. Yeah. I mean, that was what was going on. It wasn't, I mean, it was, yeah. it was like. Uh, there was no internet. There was no internet. You could just, like something, something came out. What? And, yeah. Oh, I, mean, I got to check that out. I got to check it out. I gotta. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. You know, and there's like rave reviews you can read all about um, in Chris Adams' book. He quotes some of the um, highlights. Uh, you got sounds, you know, over a spooky, hooky, apocalyptic, new seekers acoustic wall of strumming, piercing Sid Barrett style scents wail eerily as terribly urgent, threatening vocals breathlessly tell. Whoa. <laughs> Tell of a terrible horror. Okay, oh. the sentence finally ended. I was Whoa. just going to read like a little... Is this the ad or something? This is Sounds, 1978. And then you got that little it's like a, it's a review. enemy. It's a review. Uh-huh. And this is... I like this one from Enemy. Um, uh, whoever Echo and the Bunny Men are, they sound so <laughs> experienced and assured. Yeah, it's true. The pictures the on my hell? wall yeah. is chunky and acoustic. Determined and haunting. That's cool, man. They're on job, their way now. Well, yeah, that's the thing about them that we all like. I mean, that's the phenomenon. That's the phenomenon. Menomena. <laughs> Menomena. That's <laughs> the phenomenon <laughs> of um, how they just kind of clicked, you know? Mm-hmm. Just kind of clicked with the sound and their whole thing worked like right away. Yes. It just it worked. Did. It's like there's it no like... Yeah, it just worked. It's it's magic. Chemistry. Yeah, magic. it's chemistry because there was no effort. It was effortless. Mm-hmm. It's amazing when that happens. It is, and it's rare. I was just thinking about like them compared to like another band. I know. I'm trying to think because it just feels so primal. It feels so accidental. Yes. Yet it feels so magical. And then of course there's, you know, people kind of getting their shit together like Will and. Yeah, and, and uh, the Bill. Cure, you know, did guess, not have yeah, that yeah, magic. They're... Like the Cure, when they first started, there you go. It's a conceptual, you know. There's efforting that occurs. The efforting. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's efforting. No, it's but it feels like, like it's incredible in that in its war in its ability to work. Yes. But it doesn't feel efforted. Yes. Like belabored. No, and it and so the potential seems endless. Yeah. For this new band. And, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it will be realized, so stay tuned. Okay, we uh Okay, we still haven't listened to the track that was recorded at August Studios by the Chameleons. You know, we've listened to the one they released later. Uh-huh. But we got to listen to the track that that was first released. Okay. Okay. The track. The pictures on my wall. Oh yes. We haven't listened to that one yet. Nope. Isn't that weird? Okay. Cue it up. Here we go. 
Yeah, it's very acoustic. It's very strummy. It's very teenage. Yes. It's a little more. Is it closer to the Peel session? I think it has some. It feels more close to the Peel session. There's no drums on it, first of all, at all. And what do you notice? They got like some that thing on beat too. That's right. And, and it, that's that's what I'm trying to say here is that this band is swinging. Yeah. Because I don't hear anything on any other beat in that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so they're for, swinging to a metronome basically for their early career. Yeah, but that's like is, that that's literally like when you practice like swing, you're supposed to set your metronome to two and four well, and not play on not, and then like fill in the one and three yourself, you know? And it's just a real testament to the timing of the band here. Yes. I mean, it's not that big a fucking deal, but it's like, it's kind of, cause I remember honestly, I used to play, I was playing jazz gigs for a while for a long time. And my friend, Michael like counted off the two and one, two, a one, two, three, I just remember the night on the gig where I learned that I'm supposed to like accent two and four. And I was like, okay, and I was already playing jazz gigs. And I was like, well, what's that about? And he's like, uh, that's how jazz works. <laughs> Which seems so just like, such like a pillar of like, just, Aww. I just don't think I overlook. I, I didn't go to school for music. What do you want? I know. I just yeah. was figuring it out on my own. Having, having experiences learned. like that on the gig. But anyway, now I practice with, Metronome it makes for a better four, story. And I make students practice with their metronome on two and four. But that version's interesting that we just listened to because that's the only thing going on, it sounds like, right? It was just like strumming and then... Yeah, a little more psychedelic and strummy, that song. But really tight, like, accents, though. Yeah. I feel like it's like, well, there's like a shapeliness to the strumming. Yes, it's not a wash. It's not yeah, just Yeah, and it's not boring. Yeah. It's not just like, I'm strumming. It's like there's like a... It, it ebbs and flows and, and and builds up. Okay. So, Pictures on My Wall, their very first single. Okay. I will have you know that this single made it to number 24. Not 25, 24. Getting top closer 25. to the top 25. That's right. Top on, 24. It's in the top 24. Yes. On the indie chart mm-hmm. on that island. That whole, that's 20. The I mean, island of England. So that really opened the door for them, the, the single. The single, yeah. They had to like go into a second pressing like right away. Like they sold out 4,000. And um, so, yeah. So, hooray. Okay, so. Hooray. <laughs> They recorded a new single, Shane. Oh. This is a big deal. We need to mark this occasion. Yes. Okay? It's not just that yeah, That's this... how it all begins, you know. Yeah, it's also Mac's birthday. Mac's birthday, 20th birthday. That's how it begins, too. And the month of May, as you'll find in the next episode of t- Mac's 20th, year 20, May of year 20, in Mac's life is going to be the most important year mm. of his life. God, they're so young. So little. Yeah, it's going to be a big month for him, but just for the band and for music history in general. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to meet his future wife this month. Mm, okay, all right. It's beautiful. So that's what I'm saying. Now let's talk about the cover art for the single. For the single. 
Okay. okay. It is beyond iconic. Oh. And I it, it is the emblem that is with them to this day. That is the bunny god. Okay. Okay. When I saw them in 2018, that image was right up on the stage. Mm-hmm. It is their mascot. It is their logo. It has become everything, and it yeah. created the visual mythology of the band. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's have it in front of us. Of course, it's not in any of the books. Now, this this drawing, it's this, this rough sketch of this red rabbit. Man, half man, half rabbit, okay? Mm-hmm. Drawn by Balfi and his friend. Oh, wait. I'm going to go with, uh, <laughs> okay. what's that guy's name uh, that came up with the band name? <laughs> Smelly Ellie. Smelly Ellie. I was about to say like. Uh, Do you was, think like, he drew uh, the bunny pen one? from the Grateful <laughs> Dead or something? Uh, Did you? Do you think he drew the bunny god? So Balfi and his friend Kevin Ward. Uh-huh. Welcome, Kevin. Did the artwork for the sleeve. Okay, so I want to read you this quote. And it's, a, it's quoted in Turquoise Days by Chris Adams. And it is a quote from a book called From the Shores of Lake Placid and Other Stories by Bill Drummond. Okay, yeah. And this is Bill Drummond's writing. This is mm-hmm. him talking, right? He is an author, yes. I want to give credit where credit's due. Kevin, okay, Balfi and Kevin Moore did the artwork for the sleeve. They delivered a silhouette illustration of a ghostly rabbit figure with devil's horns rising arrogantly from the ashes. This devil-like rabbit took a vice-like grip on my imagination. Okay? Yes. The concept of the trickster is related to that of the twin heroes, either or both of whom embody some of his aspects. Trickster is a creator, but also cunningly devious and sometimes spiteful, sometimes too clever by half. He appears in both myth and folktale, forming first the world, recreating the earth after the flood, obtaining fire, creating man, causing his death and loss of immortality, defeating monsters. All right. Okay. So So, I'm going to tell you about that. Yeah. Tell me about it. Oh, yeah. That's just like straight up Carl Jung. That's right. Shane's been reading him. You know, I said. And I actually got a book. Called the Trickster. Oh, That's, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but it's on my shelf. It's like secondary literature on Young, but it's like all oh. it's just like going right into this topic specifically. I've been reading about Young and eugenics and oh, yeah, some of his yeah. yeah, and and uh he's been bugging lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always the anti-intellectual Courtney has. No, 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 through. no. It's true. He's pr- very problem. And I think I said in like the first episode of this podcast, like that he is the lens through which you view the span, and it's kind of true. And I, but but by that, I guess we mean we need a, you know, he didn't invent the mythological landscape of humans. He just helped to yeah, no, document I mean, it in his own way and tried to yeah, like. But it's a mythological band represented by a mythological creature. And you can see the parallels yes. of the creation myth. And, you know, and Echo and the Bunnymen creating the greatest music of all time, you mm-hmm. know. So there's there's that parallel. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, the these forces are, are, you know. Creation of the earth, you are, know, in my real. opinion. They're... Heaven up here, right? Oh, yeah. And so. Ocean rain. 
So you never know who's going to come along and change the world, Shane. And with that said... And that's why Carl Jung thought Hitler was you know, oh. a historical uh, necessity <laughs> and maybe pretty cool because he was making some shit happen. Yeah, well. All right, Carl Jung. All Ooh. right. Ooh. Okay. When Bill Drummond saw this this image... He was completely captivated and began to make these mythological associations with the bunny, with the band, okay? But there's something about the combination it's very between comic the book. human and the rabbit. It's very comic book also because it's kind of heroic. Yeah, like this it's is, like very muscular looking in, yeah. a, in, a, in a way. And it's, a, it's flexing. It's yeah, it's flexing kind of. its muscles. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like a superhero bunny. Yeah, like Kinda. superhero bunny. Like That's a superhero right. bunny. But it's not menacing. Right. It's not... It, there's something sad about it. Yeah. It seems like a curse to be a half man, half rabbit. Mm. So, you know, it's like vulnerable and powerful. Right. And there's something monstrous about it. Right? It's like an abomination. It has huge arms. It's like a curse. Yeah, and the hands. No, the hands are not formed. It's like you catch it in the midst of shape-shifting or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a surrealist drawing. Reminds me of The Tick. The Tick. The Tick. It's like a comic book, but that was much oh. later. Or it was like a cartoon show in a comic book. But oh. just the proportions of it. Okay. I kind of know what you're talking about. And he's like in a blue costume. I think of Kafka, too, this transformation into a bug kind of thing. There's just something about it that is not, it's unsettling. Um, I also think about the jackalope with the horns, you know? Like, look at the tech, actually, this picture of the tech. Wow, yeah. What year is that? uh, It's a TV TV series from 94 to 97, but I know it's like, uh, but then if you just compare it to this image... Right. It's like strikingly similar dimensions. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, I was kind I of like, not really. But then actually, as I look at the antennas on the tick. Is uh, it a Bunnyman fan who <laughs> made the, the tick? Possibly. Would that be something? It's kind of an alternative thing, right? It was like on MTV. Yeah, or yeah. It's kind of like um, a parody almost of a superhero. Yeah. You know, I was a big uh, Joseph Boyce fan. Does anybody know who that is? I do. Okay, you do, because I talked about him a lot. That's how I learned about him. It's Boyd, spelled B-E-U-Y-S, and you can look it up, okay? But he he uses a lot of rabbit imagery in his work, okay? Mm -hmm. That's really heavy, though, actually, to make that comparison right now, because, like, um, I, uh... Yeah, you went... I remember you going through the boys' period in in, uh, grad school, and, like, and then you did that painting... And it's in my studio, actually, of you holding the bunny. Right. That he was holding. And I, this is the first time that I'm even realizing we've been doing the bunny and podcast. Yeah. And that there's a connection there to this. That was like a. Right? Is it? Yeah. yeah that's like some dot I on the mythological map, you know? I know. I know. I'm I'm really into this. Um, this this piece that he did where he would, it was called how to explain pictures to a hair is the translation, right? Where he sits in a room holding a dead rabbit 
and he sits there and he like explains. He just mumbles, really. He's just like, Well, he holds a dead bunny. Well, he holds a dead bunny and he's like pointing kind of feverishly around. He's explaining to the bunny what what things mean. I won't, I won't, you know, I won't offer an interpretation. Many have already done that. Anyway, I'm not going to get into his whole theory, but I just want to talk about... Everyone is an artist. Everyone is an artist is a quote of Joseph Boyd. I mean, he started the Green Party, okay? I mean, I'm just... There's just... I could go on and on. <laughs> and the critiques that are levied against him about, like, trying to, you know, atone for the sins of uh, his country, Germany, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. We are not going to go there. We're just going to talk about some of the mythical, mythological associations with the rabbit that he kind of touches on. And then mm-hmm. it's like. It's fascinating stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is very. We are talking about art, you know. We but we are from Deutschland. <laughs> but and so we, we like us. Like so bu- like do you like rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> They're so fluffy. This book does not have an author listed, okay? It was translated by David Britt, okay? Abbeville Press Publishers, New York. It's just called Joseph Boys, all right? Okay, so in this book, they talk about the cultural history surrounding the hair. And it goes back a long way. It was sacred to the Germanic spring goddess, and it is spelled A-S-E, Ace, Ase, Asi, I don't know how you pronounce it. A-S-E. Ace. Ase. And also to the anthropomorphic goddess Anut from Upper Egypt, um, who bore on her head a banner of a hair. There's, and who's that guy? Plutarch. Plutarch? Mm-hmm. Really? No, I'm sure. Okay, Plutarch <laughs> tells us that the Egyptians attributed divine qualities to the hair because of its superb sensory organs and its fleetness of foot. Mm. Uh, they sacrificed hairs to the goddess of fertility just as Greeks sacrificed them to Aphrodite. Mm. Many people, including the Aztecs and the Chinese, have regarded the hair as a lunar creature. All right? Okay. Because they believed its form to be visible on the surface of the moon, which we all oh, see. Yeah. Ram in the moon. Okay. Bunny in the moon. Uh-huh. The killing moon. Um, medieval Christians saw the hair as an emblem of Christ's resurrection. Mm. Happy Easter, everybody. That. Oh, that's right. I'm like, that's I don't remember bunny. that one. That's, that's the, the Easter, Easter bunny, bunny, yo. Come on. Um, and Come the on fossils. Now. That's Peter Cottontail, goddamn. <laughs> um... I was going to, you know, it's funny, I was going to ask about the Easter bunny earlier, Yeah. and I thought that that would be stupid, but now (laughs) there's something. From fossils, it is known that the hair family was present in the Eocene period approximately 50 million years ago. Oh, bringing it back. All right. We're taking it back. We're taking it back. We're taking it way back. 50 million years ago. The mammal found all over the world has a total of about 45 species. Unbelievable. It's got extra long hind legs. You didn't know this. Able to run away very fast. That we were going to go into this. In moments of danger. 
in relationship to this band. And it sort of doubles back in a zigzag fashion. We dive deep. To get its pursuer off its trail, okay? Primordial How can, forces. It's a metaphor play. for the band, y'all. It's a It's all connected. It's all connected. It's hind legs it's swing forward past its four legs. Okay? When it when the hair is suspended in a fast run. The maximum so speed fast. of which has been measured at 30 to 35 miles per hour. I, okay, that's impressive. That's a small animal going 35 miles per hour down the road. That's about 90 kilometers probably. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'll just say to, to finish up here that for a time, Joseph Boyce drove a Bentley with a hair as a hood ornament. That's pretty badass. He's a weird guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Easter eggs. No, that's cool, though. That's right. So, so that's my artistic analysis. <laughs> of boys. Yeah. Well, you know, and of this piece and of this band and just how it's conceptually aligned. I'm just laying it out for you. It's important to... Throwing down that... Draw these correlations. Yeah, putting that art... Art degree Because we use. are dealing with Yeah, this mythos Mythos We're dealing with a bunny Bill Drummond becomes obsessed with this image And it was over a period of time That various strands of myth and folklore Started to emerge and grow in my imagination He says To form a still vague entity That I know to be Echo So this This character has a name, and the name of this bunny is Echo, okay? Mm. That's Echo. That's who Echo is. Um, well, that was a lot deeper than my tick comparison. <laughs> about this uh this b-side okay uh-huh there's a little something a little mysterious Ooh, a little okay. a little spooky about this i don't like I'm secrets about to tell you no. if you investigate now honestly i don't know what this means and this is a turquoise days quote um if you investigated the run out groove of the seven inch uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You'd find the words, quote, the revenge of voodoo Billy cryptically inscribed. So we're talking about it's like written on it or it's like a hidden message in the recording. I thought hidden message in the recording that would be cool, but no, it says you'd find the words. It says they are inscribed. Okay. So okay. that's written, right? So it's real small maybe. Okay, so what do you think that means? What does it say? The again? revenge of Voodoo Billy. Well, that I don't know. I don't know. You uh, would never guess, but I no. will. I will tell you. This is should be sort of a the revenge of what? Voodoo, Voodoo Billy. Voodoo Billy. Okay, and this is just some. This is some Lynchian. I know. So I was thinking mm-hmm. of David Lynch. Like <laughs> I was just like thinking of the cowboy or something. I mean, it's it's much. It's even more nightmarish. Whoa. Are you ready? Okay, the revenge of Voodoo Billy. Yes. Settle in, folks. 
you know, grab a blanket. And this is after Reddit and books. Yes. On that, okay, on that record. Yeah, after the song has played. Okay. So according to Pete DeFridis, Voodoo Billy was this weird doll. This is a quote. Which moved around on its own accord. Gary Dwyer of the Teardrop said one night he woke up after a rough night out on the piss, <laughs> getting drunk, uh-huh. and this doll was floating around mid air and it spat at him. Whoa. It's a doll? It's a it's a doll. Wow. Les Pattinson. Here's another account. Les. <laughs> he said it used to appear all over the house we used to live in and spat milk. Oh. <laughs> it would appear all over the house. This is like a knickknack that they had or it was like a ghost? Clearly it was both. Okay, but I It mean, was like a the- knickknack merged with a spirit from beyond. Uh-huh. Now, Billy, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if it appeared like a wraith or it was like they had this thing that was possessed. I'm, I'm kind of picturing, <laughs> what's the name of that movie? Magic about the ventriloquist. Yeah. That was the scariest movie yeah. of my childhood. I saw it way too young. Anyway, um, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. A creepy British doll you know Uh maybe made of porcelain i mean who knows it spits milk at people yes and floats and floats around floats around so anyone who wants to offer any i don't know guidance experience i mean i just why did they inscribe this on the record i don't or did it appear on the like they manufactured the record yeah and then it was just like it, it just said that and no one knew. And, you know, then, and that was Voodoo Billy's sort of like, I'm going to show you what's up. This is like, I mean, you hey, know. now that would be scary if it, <laughs> they had nothing to do with it, did not request that the pressing occur, you know, that it was etched in there and it just appeared. That would be scary. Okay. okay. I feel like maybe, maybe they did inscribe it, you know, okay. cry for that help. Maybe sense. it made such an impression. Yeah. This, this floating doll that they were like, let's, I mean, put this on the album. It clearly means something. Yeah. But it's a little nod to voodoo Billy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little nod. I mean, maybe for whatever reason, they felt like if they didn't inscribe this on the record, there yeah. would be consequences. Right, they had to do. It was like it was like a. They had to do it. Yeah, it was. This a, is and then, and this may you know provide some some keys to the the entire trajectory of the rest of this podcast and this band's existence. Oh like, man, so that would not surprise me in the least. <laughs> so, take notes about that if you're kind of Voodoo Billy, Voodoo Billy entering the universe here. Yes, of our podcast yeah entering the family tree okay if you will um so that's that's all i have to say about that for now but we you know that's i want to say that that's i would classify that as strange i would put that in a category of eerie kind of like the unusual like i'm not really expecting (laughs) i wasn't expecting to hear about that 
or that that would enter the narrative of but i should just you know <laughs> come to expect the unexpected that's yeah. what, that's what i learn when i enter these realms and i feel like if you're making a movie if there is a movie made <laughs> about this band like that you're gonna need that in there very much so Voodoo yes. Billy. and it's got a look cool and right. don't be too hi-fi just like make you know simple Do people talk dogs. about voodoo billy is there like is there um is there some discussion in the chat rooms as they call them as the kids as the 50 year old kids uh participate in <laughs> that's i'm gonna okay so here is what i know all right i'm gonna share with you now to do a proper ghost hunt we yeah. would have to i need to go there and if there's uh, anyone on the ground in Liverpool who wants to look into this, or anyone out there, fans of the band, please let us know anything you know about this. If you feel comfortable talking about it, frankly, I mean... Does a Google search yield much? Not exactly. Uh, not pertaining to this particular ghost. And, you know, all of this could be totally irrelevant. <laughs> um. Like many we things don't, in this we don't mind. We don't you mind know? irrelevance. But there is paranormal activity in the region. Okay. I mean, it's a pirate town, okay? Mm. All right. And so, Liverpool? Yeah, among mm -hmm. other things. I mean, it's many things. Yeah. It's, a, it's shipping and receiving. It's all kinds of stuff. It's all kinds of stuff. Okay, so got it. So first thing I tried to figure out, which wasn't totally clear to me and still isn't, but I, I'm trying to figure out what house they were living in. Okay. When Voodoo Billy was spinning around. Okay. Um, and it seems to me from head on, Julian Cope's head on, mm -hmm. he says that in December, Pete Wiley, Mick Finkler, Ian McCulloch, and Gary Dwyer had all moved in together. Okay. And this is right before they record their single and stuff. And, you know, in the quotes in Turquoise Days, it was actually Pete DeFridis. He mentions that Gary Dwyer of the Teardrops woke up, you know, and saw it. So I think it was on Penny Lane is my point. Okay. okay. I think that they were living on Penny Lane. I think that's where they were visited by this ghost. Okay. So I looked up hauntings on Penny Lane and mm -hmm. uh, there is a poltergeist who lives on the street. Now Penny Lane is kind of a large thoroughfare that runs through town. <laughs> there are many buses that say the name Penny Lane. Penny Lane is and, in your heart <laughs> and there's the obvious, mind. you know? There's and you know, they cannot keep Penny Lane signs on and any the of the buildings. They get stolen. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, because of the song. Uh, yeah. Not because of the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of the song. <laughs> No one knows about this ghost. No one knows of it. It's been overshadowed by the ghost of the Beatles, okay? Yes. And so they tried just like painting the signs on the walls for a while. Mm. And then they, they brought it back for like some Beatles, you know, 40th release or something. Yeah. And then they started getting stolen again. You just cannot keep a sign, a Penny Lane sign on the street. That's right? like that's like Highway 666 or something. Yeah. Or 420. Interstate yes. 420, baby. So the street, Penny Lane is named after the Liverpool merchant, slave ship owner, and anti-abolitionist, all-around jerk. It says it right here on the website, which is uh, spookeats.com. <laughs> and 
and I'm sorry. Did you say Penny Lane was named after this person? That is what that is the rumor. Got now it. it is somewhat disputed, I guess, but I don't know if that's just some propaganda. I just saw a thing where it's like actually there aren't any records saying that it's related to this guy. Mm. But is his name Penny? James Penny. Okay. okay. Yep. Okay. He lived there. And he was famous for his role in the slave trade, okay, um, with America, okay? Okay, the first reports of paranormal activity date to 1890 when residents reported seeing um, a white and blue glowing orb floating down Penny Lane, okay? Okay. So there's that. All right. Um, and so the street was just kind of a mess. Bad things would happen on it. All right. Like carts would fall over and you would spill things. And it was just... <laughs> Apples would suck. tumble into the street. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So um, number 44, which I think is like their address number, that was kind of the center of All the right. activity. Of, right? Okay. There'd be like bumps in the night and floorboards would shake and there's just, you know, clearly a ghost Boga living booga. there. You know what I'm saying? So then during World War II, because this is all, I mean, this is way back. This ghost has been there a long time. But when mm -hmm. we roll around to two, uh, World War II and the years following, um, the poltergeist falls quiet. Okay? okay. But then in 1955, it starts to appear as a blonde girl. Okay? She's always seen in the upper floor of number 44 brushing her hair. So the legend... The ghost sighting, you know, changed. It may be another aspect of this sort of haunted, mm -hmm. I don't know, situation that's yeah. coming to light. Or was, you know, the ghost took the form of this blonde girl. I mean, what can I say? Okay. I'm not the one making this up. All this right. Is real. Okay. okay. This is in the book. I don't so mean to throw us eats. off course here, but I, I just was thinking about this because I took a ghost tour in Athens here. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago, and um, and what strikes me about hauntings and ghost stuff yeah. is that the ghosts—they're all from like the last like couple hundred years, you know. Yeah. Like all, the, and uh, and I was thinking about like the course of human history and like, like why aren't there like caveman ghosts and shit, you know? Why do we know if there aren't? I know that's what there's I'm saying. Egyptian. I know, but you don't... Right. Okay, yeah, that's a good Although example. Although that's not you hear ghostly. About that. Actually, they're kind of like attached to their corporal, like the tombs are kind of made to be lived in. Right. So they're not really, okay. you know, wild. trapped cool. here from, from the beyond. I know, but you know what I'm saying? It's always like some like office clerk who you know fell in the elevator shaft or so you know it's like always it's always like some, the 1890s it's always recent well, it's because, always, or it's america and if it's like just a bunch of like colonial ghosts who are being annoying yeah they haven't been here that long but you think about even like <laughs> some italian ghost in like a like a castle from the you know 1300s or some shit yeah that's still like how many other people like why are all the ghosts from like recorded history era you know what i mean like it seems like if there were ghosts they'd be so yeah. you know or, or, or do they get reincarnated like after a certain amount of time or they kind of just fit, they just they move on you know like maybe there's a shelf life for oh ghosts. lord and maybe anyway, they are I'm the sorry. same ghost maybe this is a caveman these are the ghost. things i think about when uh, yeah when, when when i have uh cold you know, everything's mellow. Yeah, this is like maybe pre-Bronze Age guy, but like, okay. but right. Penny Lane. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. 
this is well, that's just, I don't, you know i just that's deep that's deep history yeah. questions i have when i hear about ghosts yeah i mean i just think about i think about what we as a people have to learn from them mm-hmm. like if this lane is indeed named after james penny yeah i can see why this would be a center of turmoil and like a supernatural yeah. uh, activity right and, just like <laughs> but if it wasn't Asheville, the, and just like Asheville, which was where we used to live i mean you know, you everywhere, know. but apparently there are just some atrocities that just want to be known, perhaps. That's a theory yeah. of mine. Okay. But we're going to continue on. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I was just, uh, <laughs> just food for thought. Well, here's, you know, while we're talking about time and, and just, there's this ghost kind of fades in and out of um, consciousness in terms of like the collective consciousness, mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Yeah, it so this, a, takes a break for <laughs> like. So gets often. forgotten and comes back with a bang. Yeah. You know, it's all quiet. And then in 1971, just seven years before, you know, the bunny men uh-huh. start to claim their stakes in the neighborhood, it oh. returned full force. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's once again been quiet. Okay. Like currently. But there are predictable cycles of activity and hibernation, although those are not specified in this article. Okay. It's sure to appear again soon. Oh, I wonder if the poltergeist is a Beatles fan, is the last sentence of this little article here, written by, let's give credit where credit's due, and nobody wanted to put their name on this, so never mind. You told them the website, right? Yeah. Spooky Eats. Spook Eats. There's no why. That's where we get all of our, uh, all our, I'm doing research. Well, I wonder if the Poltergeist is a Echo and the Bunnymen fan. So let's talk about this haunted doll notion for a moment. Mm-hmm. Now, voodoo um, is a religion that is practiced in Haiti. It has roots in Ghana. And it's kind of debatable. Actually, I'm kind of treading lightly because voodoo is a very nuanced uh, religion and there's different regions and there's different kinds and I do not know much about it okay mm-hmm. but I do know that voodoo dolls yeah. are not so much of a thing in the Afro-Caribbean practices it's not really a thing but okay. I think it's something people latch on to it's like, a, um, it's like pirates it's been reported once or like, something like pirates like yeah singing like this, sea shanties which that there's is not this, even true yeah whoa yeah man I want to go off on that tangent, but, but no, we got no, no, we got to stay. Like, no, but there's some association in the popular consciousness. Yes, that, that with probably happened doll. with like some some book or some movie. You know, eventually yes. it becomes like a like a trope. Yes, yes. Well, also what I find interesting, uh, another religion or practice, spiritual practice, a type of folk magic that we don't know that much about, is kind of the you know the folk traditions of the british isles mm. you know the celtics have they i think the they have celtics some, they, they, got, they got some yeah some wild stuff going on over there yep you know and and this notion of witches which the wee people and the wee people okay now there was the use of puppets now this is a word i think the word puppet comes from it it's like an old english word puppet okay. Poppet, mm-hmm. a puppet, and you remember the Crucible? You know, if you've ever done theater oh, as a yeah, teenager, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw yeah. Mary Proctor with a puppet, and I saw, oh yeah, I remember? I remember there was a movie too. Wasn't it like There's Daniel Day Lewis in it or something? I think so. 
listen so like hegel right wrote yeah. uh, who writes about like oh. consciousness and you know um thinking spirit, about thinking spirit phenomenology oh, okay. of spirit that i was in i was in college once and i was <laughs> reading that book which is a good time uh it's kind of like an acid trip you know just yeah, kind of going just through like just thoughts unfolding thoughts. just it's like spirit thought. quest what is kind it yeah but uh but he has this whole thing about the cult and and that word I was I like cult I'm thinking like Charles Manson or like you know uh, Jonestown or something you know like totally. a cult is this thing. Humanity. And, and it just meant religion. My professor was like, "Well, yeah." I was like, "Why is he talking about Christianity and the cult?" You know? And he was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, that's what it is." You know, just, like that's it's it the, is the cult what it is. is a term that describe. Yeah. It's like the plural of like all the religions. Like he uses the word cult as a way to just. Any religion falls under the category of cult. It's also a band that is weirdly adjacent <laughs> to the movement that has no name uh-huh. because and it's then, strange because yes, yeah. they don't really fit into. You bought that album and you were like, "Well, this kind of goes along." There's like a, maybe a Jesus Mary Chain kind of. I don't know. Well, it's, it's a lot more rock and roll than you. It, it's, it's good. It's called solid. the Blue Oyster Cult, and that mm. is a band right there, man. <laughs> that I, we can talk about Shane. I'm Let's, a big fan. I bet Will's a big Blue Oyster Cult fan. The thing is, they have a lot of extremely bad music yeah but then they have yeah. uh, they have enough really great music to like for shane to get a tattoo to of their of their symbol well, on his it's leg a, yeah, it's a cool symbol it meant a lot to me <laughs> just know that as you're listening years. to you know as we, we discuss and music in a serious way and just, yeah shane has a tattoo doesn't have baby. many tattoos he has three one of them only music one is a blue oyster cult tattoo although it isn't your favorite band it's not, it doesn't say blue oyster cult it just says it's just the cross of confusion the cross of confusion which is on whoa, all their album artwork whoa whoa we've gotten way off track here we've got to get back to the hauntings oh yeah i was talking about a poppet or something okay so the poppet back to the poppet mm-hmm. poppet oh yes the poppet so the i was pop- the poppet is that where we're going that's cue the music oh cue damn it. really elaborate i mean i just wanted to <laughs> make that connection okay it's you know i was the puppet i was the puppet <laughs> you know is there a voodoo billy connection i mean i feel like the voodoo part is kind of throwing us off track here interesting we're talking about some some like i don't know i mean they just called it that because they were just like, Dumb. yeah, Dude, like some people man. were tripping, saw a ghost. Wasn't there a song? Like, I, it's hard to research this particular incident because of all the songs. And I forget, is it Bonnie Prince, Billy? Somebody has like a voodoo song. I don't know. About voodoo Billy? I mean, no, just voodoo. Yeah, I think there's a voodoo Billy song, but it just has no connection. Well, Hendrix has voodoo child. And voodoo, you know. And then Arcade Fire started coming up, and I was like, fuck this. And I just put Oh, it when you were looking at So it was hard song. to look this stuff up, right? Mm-hmm. But look what else mm-hmm. I found. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, okay, this is the scariest part of the whole thing. Are you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is in the Liverpool Echo. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is an article by Alan Weston that came out September 9th, 2020. So there's a Liverpool neighborhood called Old Swan. Now, one end of Penny Lane goes to Old Swan, and then one end goes to, like, the university. I don't know where the Bunnymen were situated, but if they were anywhere near the Old Swan part, just check this out. <laughs> okay. 
a Liverpool neighborhood. <laughs> Bless you. Nobody likes to hear a sneeze in these times. A Liverpool neighborhood was spooked after the discovery of a weird doll nailed to a tree close to a busy road junction. The doll is tied by a rope onto a small piece of wood and is covered by a sign which reads, Evil live here. Evil live here with a sick because it, I guess, should say evil lives here. But if I look at the sign, it clearly says evil lives here. There's an S right oh, there. Yeah, there's an S. Anyway, okay, so. evil live here. And they just wanted to point out that that was not correct. But it, anyway, um, pinned up by a rusty nail like a stake through the figure's heart. It's back, baby. Voodoo <laughs> Billy's back. We're back. Poltergeist 2. That, that's a line from because we're in Poltergeist 2 and they're like, they're here. I'm oh, scared. Yeah. And then Poltergeist 2, she said, they're back. And yep, then that was about Poltergeist a cult. 3, it if you happen to see Ooh. Poltergeist 3, they say, we're back. <laughs> so I think we are yeah. at like part three here. And okay. then everyone who made the film <laughs> died. Billy, part God. Three. All right. Who passed the sign? All right. So... She said, it's baffling. So there's a resident passing by, and she said, you know, we've lived here for 15 years and never seen anything like it before, right? That's some crazy... If you saw that, you would get scared because that's a weird graffiti to talk about, like, evil. Well, (laughs) the thing about it... Evil is Oh, it's As a force, you know what I mean? And it's so scary. Y'all, this doll, it's definitely a poppet. It is... It's terrifying. You can just look up the article on your, you know, device. And look, it looks like it's been there for a while, everyone's saying. The nails are all rusted, okay? It blends in with the tree. So when you finally see what it is, it's just, I mean, terrifying. Hmm. Uh, so wow. okay. All right, come um, into the now. Into the now. So, but, but yeah, and, and into the now. And here's the thing is that this doll could be a reference to the discovery of a mass grave Mm. in nearby St. Aldwall Street. Mm. Okay? A total of 3,561 bodies were found in coffins, piled 16 deep, and were unearthed by council workmen in 1973. Okay? A little after the... The oh. second poltergeist, or the third, you know. Mm. Penny Lane is <laughs> right. They were yeah. cremated. Okay, it was a. It was a popular local rumor that many of the dead had holes in their chests, as if a stake had been driven into them. Why the bodies were buried there, however, remains a mystery. When were the bodies from? There's a lot of questions that, that I is have. Wild. And so this is just something. To keep in mind. That's just like a, a like a, a mystery mass grave was found in Liverpool? Yes. That's what I'm saying, man. There's been a lot of people on this planet for a long time. Doing many and things. And most of them many... have died, I think. Yeah. Well, unless, right? Well, we, well, most? That was hard to say, actually. Or are most of them alive? <laughs> that's, that's something we should be pondering as we continue on with this podcast. Because I'm telling you what. Voodoo Billy, all right?
All right, as promised, here's Will Sargent for the second part of our interview, here to set the record straight. We're going to let him talk a little bit about his experiences with Voodoo Billy. Take a listen. If you dare. question this one is a we in our next episode we are supposed to talk about voodoo billy i wonder if you feel comfortable talking about what sounds to me like a very terrifying i mean a haunted doll of some sort like what yeah could you i can know about voodoo billy well from um from Chris Adams, Turquoise Days, he mentions it. Okay. And then we've been doing some sort of like, re- I, I, I have been doing some research about sort of like ghost sightings on Penny Lane. Oh, yeah. I wondered if, if, the, if this sighting of this particular uh, doll occurred in the Bunnyman house that was on Penny Lane. And if that house was closer to the university or Old Swan. Um. Let's think. Uh, probably equidistant. Okay. Probably the same. But, like, I didn't have that flat. It was Mark. It was Mark Dwyer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was a drummer with teardrops. Right. And um, Pete Wiley. Wow. And I had the flat. <clears throat> and, like, it's sort of... It's a bit of a mystery where it all come from, really. But I think Guy Dwyer told me one night that like Voodoo Billy was like bouncing around the room or something. So I, I I've made it into a little story, the legend of the untold legend of Voodoo Billy, <coughs> and it's like I don't know how it's got out there. Okay. Private publication. Okay, so you wrote. Oh, it. Yeah. Voodoo. <coughs> I'll just get some water. Yeah. This is what. <coughs> the curse of voodoo Billy. The curse. I know. I know. We'll have to. <coughs> what did you do? <laughs> now you've brought up voodoo. You say it's effective. That's what I was just saying. I was like, you know, I was like, should I even bring it up? It's so terrifying. Right. And, you know? So Gary's wire, mate, like, they had this funny little doll in their flat. It was just like a coconut that was carved into a monkey. You know, one of them horrible, hairy kind oh, of... Oh, it was a coconut. get on a holiday. Yeah. Okay. This wasn't a Victorian porcelain doll or anything? No. Okay. no, it wasn't that groovy. It was more like some crappy thing you'd bring back from Spain on holiday. Okay. Okay. Huh. That is interesting. That changes my thoughts about it. Yeah, there was some kind of mass grave found in Old Swan. And so we were like, and then we've been looking up ghost stories on Penny Lane, because you know, this is what we need during the long pandemic at home, you know. Um, so that's, that's interesting to know. I'm, Gary Dwyer called it Voodoo Billy. You know, Gary, Gary was brilliant at coming up with names for things, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, Like he used to call himself um, Rocky D. Wire. His name's, you know, he was really into the Rocky films. He got changed his name to Rocky D. Wire. He still gets called Rocky now. 
Oh, one of them was Buff Manila. Just I know, he sounds really funny, that guy. Like, I'm trying to... Oh, like, brilliant. Some these, yeah, some of these, like... like he, he was, he's quite romantic, you know. He, he he loved all our American films, you know, with Humphrey Bogart in and all that. Yeah. You know, all that film noir stuff, and he loves all that sort of thing. When we were going to Europe for the first time, we were going to Belgium, and there was also Teardrop Explodes, and uh, they were all playing cards, and Balfi uh, won all of Gary's money off him, all his spending money. And we were like, give me his money back, you tight bastard. And he wouldn't give it him back. And then Gary was like, he just went to the back of the boat. It was nighttime, you know, ish, you know, sort of twilighty. He's having a ciggy at the back of the boat, looking at the, you know, the the swell of the the propeller, you know. It was a ferry going across to Europe, you know. It's only 20 miles, you know what I mean? It's not far. And uh, he's like there, and he's like, like this sad romantic figure, you know, lost all his money on his money. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was like reveling in the, the atmosphere of it, you know, as though he was like Humphrey Bogart and just like lost everything. And now he was like having a sneaky in the back of the boat. Fantastic. <laughs> now I think we all had a whip round and give him a few quiz. Right, yeah. right. Just so you'd have a little something to yeah. get a sandwich. Oh, I think we're done. You think yeah. you're done? Yeah. All right, all right. We're done. Do we need to do an outro or something? Oh, yep. Well, that was the episode. What did you think, Shane? Well, what was your favorite part? I'm going to have to go listen to it. Because we, we do the outro before... We do the outro at the same time as the intro. Which is a year a after. A year removed from the episode, <laughs> which I have not listened to. But I want to know. And forgot recording. Your favorite part, Shane? My favorite part was when <laughs> Voodoo Billy <laughs> floated through the air and vomited. Doesn't what that did happen? he vomit? What did like milk or something? There you go, Shane. There's an image that I remember from early discussions. Yeah, yeah that's a potent one. So one thing we need to touch on is the fact that you may not remember, but what we just listened to here at the end uh-huh. was Will talking about his experiences with Voodoo Billy, right? Mm-hmm. Remember when he had the coughing fit? Oh, yeah. Right in the middle of it. Yes. Okay, so we just need to acknowledge that right. and discuss that here yes. at the end of the, the episode. Can y'all believe that happened? He had a coughing fit. In the middle. And you know what? By the way, I edited out a good bit of it because well, it was a long. That's the nice thing coughing. to do. Yeah. Poor Will, who's having no. a coughing fit well, yeah. on our podcast. I could do like a, <laughs> at the end. For dramatic maybe like effect. It's a special, maybe it's a special feature. Like if you listen ten seconds past the. Oh yeah, the we final. could just have the rest of the coughing just fit. Just have it. In its full. I'll put it through a delay pedal or something. And, like add some, some flanger. God, some... No, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, we finally got, we landed this interview and I ask the cursed question. And now I'm just like, I mean, how do you call 911 in England? You know, if I hear and be like, oh, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> right. The voodoo Billy. I know that voodoo Billy will get you. So I'm not, we're not going to talk about it after this it's episode. It's like Bloody Mary. Exactly. 
For Bunnyman fans, you do voodoo billy, voodoo billy, voodoo billy. Voodoo billy, voodoo billy, voodoo billy. While you're turning counterclockwise circles in a dark bathroom. Tell us if you want to go out. Do you need to go out? She just went out. Okay. She just wants to say hi. She wants to sit in my lap, my little chihuahua dog. So, yeah, that was wild. Anything else strike you about the the will portion you heard? Well, I haven't listened ago? to it in about <laughs> four or five months, so no. Okay. Uh, when do we record this? In September? In, in October. October, which is a spooky month. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So don't talk about Voodoo Billy in October. No, and don't do don't talk to the Bunnyman about it anymore, guys. Take it from me. It's not worth the risk. We kind of, you know, you can do your own research from here on out. We're not going to talk about that anymore. Although he lived and he was fine. Yeah. And, you know. He finished maybe the interview. It's a, he kept going. Yeah, we kept going for a long time. So. It wasn't like, interview's over. <laughs> how you, he's like, how you know about Voodoo Billy? Uh, I gotta go. I got a thing. Well, I want to thank y'all for joining us. Um, we have uh, and and you know, please keep coming. Please keep coming and 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 keep attending those Echo and the Bunnymen shows uh, on our behalf, posting pictures and enjoy this this time of uh, <clears throat> reemergence and reawakening. Um, before the end times. Yes. Uh, you can write us a letter at echoinherepodcast at gmail.com. We will read it and, <laughs> and we might reply <laughs> someday. I haven't opened that. We, we, we do read them. And I got to write Todd Gruel. Todd, if you're listening, God dang it. I owe you an email. Yeah, it's nothing personal. Are you on Instagram? Just write me one of the, a message, like one of those teenagers. Advice from the beginning of the episode uh, that we recorded <laughs> in the intro when I said, "If someone doesn't return your email, it's the best." <laughs> exactly. Please try to extend the understanding to me that you would, <laughs> Will Sargent. My life may not be quite uh, as epic, <laughs> <laughs> but meeting him was. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's pretty epic here in Athens. I mean, what do the oh, Moors no, your have epic. that yeah. we don't? Right? What? What's he gonna do? Ro- ride around? Yeah, the you wouldn't fog trade him. You're gonna trade him. The, You're gonna trade your life for his life? I would not, because I'm reading Bunny Man, and I, I don't know if I would have made it back in, uh, back in the old world, mm. in the '50s or so. I mean, mm-mm. I can't wait to check that out. We'll talk about it more, but for now, let's all get some rest. Mm.